Placing a trade shouldn't be complicated. It should be smooth as butter. The Fidelity app makes investing easy with zero commission U.S. stock and ETF trades, no account minimums, and fractional shares trading. Fidelity, where nothing comes between you and the trade. That's smooth. Download our app free from the App Store or Google Play. Sell orders are subject to an activity assessment fee from $0.01 cent to $0.03 cents per $1,000 of principal. No account minimums apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. If your go-to card is a debit card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And there are no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Just watch me love myself That's all I want Got what I want That's all I want I'm not sorry I'm Claire Fallon. And I'm Emma Gray. And this is Love to See It, an obsessively detailed recap podcast about reality dating shows like The Bachelor and other pop culture that makes us laugh, cry, and curse the patriarchy. We can't live with these shows and we can't live without them, but we can break down every juicy moment and unpack all the weird messages these shows send us about love, sex, and dating. Welcome to Love to See It, a podcast about all the petty Bachelor Nation gossip we can handle in one sitting. I mean, my lord, the gossip is really heating up for the summer. Plus, we're going to talk about a new campaign, Roses for Everybody, which is calling on The Bachelor to cast fat people on the show and to portray them as whole, complex people who are desirable and deserving of romance. You know, like human beings. Yeah. (laughs) Here to discuss the Roses for Everybody campaign and gossip with us, of course, is Jenna Vesper, co-host of the Descartes podcast. Welcome, Jenna. Hi. (laughs) This is such a long time coming. I know. We're so happy to have you. Thank you for doing this. Uh, I'm like literally trying not to cry right now. Because I I love y'all. Thank you so much for having me. Um, Yeah, I, yeah, just to be like, oh, get my feelings out of the way so I can be a normal human for a second. We love, we love feelings. Um, I've been listening to y'all since the absolute beginning and have just loved the podcast and it sounds so cheesy, but you're like literally part of the reason why I started Date Card Pod four years ago and then met up with my friend Danica and we co-hosted together. But like, I just loved, I've been a viewer of The Bachelor since like 2012, the first pilot, Jake. <laughs> we should have never done We should have like, stopped. Never that. cast a male pilot. Exactly. On show. <laughs> and then, you know, I loved that you guys could just have, you know, feminist takes and be critical, but also clearly enjoy the show, which is how I feel and am. So I was like, I can start a podcast too. Why the fuck not, right? (laughs) Yes. Honestly, that is like, I'm so honored to think that we might have played any role in inspiring all of the great like Bachelor podcasts that have proliferated because like your show is so great and 
We just want to be part of that ecosystem. Yeah, exactly. It's like honestly been so cool to watch the space like grow Mm -hmm. and expand so much since we started Mm -hmm. and see like just like so many interesting nuanced perspectives and people coming at it from like different angles. And like Mm -hmm. I have frankly learned so much from shows like yours and just like the whole uh, the whole little like larger bachelor pod community that we have. Mm -hmm. I feel like uh, at some point we need to have like a (laughs) I don't know, like a conference or something. Like, oh my god, my dream. Yeah, no, seriously. <laughs> I've been talking to Game of Roses about that for a while too. It's like, can we just? Yeah, all Lizzie meet mentioned in a something location. about that to us. Or like, I'm like, I'm on board. <laughs> okay, but let's get yes. to the reason mm-hmm. for real mm-hmm. that you are here Thank today. You, yeah. you are one of the co-founders mm-hmm. of the Roses for Everybody campaign, which launched this week, and we are super excited to talk to you about it and for you to just like explain to our listeners directly, like why this campaign exists and why it's so important. So like, Mm -hmm. can you start by just telling people how did this campaign kind of come about? Yeah. Um, You know, as I said, I've been podcasting uh, with Danica for about four years now and um, I am a fat person and um you know, often we've built a lot of a large community of just like really awesome people who want to have nuanced conversations about the show. It's a trashy television show, right? But like <laughs> it doesn't exist in a vacuum. So you'd be surprised to know there's like literal like leftist anarchy in the comment sections and in our DMs. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I we would often get asked a question either like on the podcast or in our DMs. Do you think the show will ever have a plus size lead? Will they ever have a fat lead? And I, for the longest time, used to say, no. I mean, the track record shows that that will probably never happen. And then I used to have kind of the sentiment of, I'm not sure I want it to happen as a fat person. Because I know, realistically, there's going to be, it's going to be a huge uphill battle to get positive, proper representation and not tokenization. And to not have people, you know, being really hateful, right? And so it was kind of my, like, you know, company line for a while. And then this year, I started just not liking how that sounded. I just didn't like that. And I was like, I'm just sick of the answer being, it, it would be really hard, so let's just <laughs> not do it. Um, yeah. Because you know, there's been yeah. a handful of amazing articles that have been out. This is not a new conversation. A lot of other podcasters um, talk about it. But the conversation typically ends with, man, this fucking sucks. <laughs> We've mm. not done anything about <laughs> right. it. And I'm like, what are you going to do? And I just like, I'm like, I want to do something about it because I think it can happen. And I do think that most of the audience is ready for it. I do think that I just, I think it's time, you know? So I just, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I sat around with that for a little bit. And then once I really thought about it and was like, we should really do this, I put out a call to have people volunteer to help. And then we got a little group of people together and we've been working really hard for about four months on this. And yeah, it launched on Monday, the premiere, and we're just very, very excited. Yeah, you can tell how much thought was put into it because it is, I think, often our our first thought too is like, well, maybe some th- someone will get cast who isn't the Bachelor norm, but then how much would they suffer? And like, we'd better right. just not not even go there, but to put in the thought to think about what would actually have to be in place Mm -hmm. to make that Mm -hmm. something worth doing. Mm -hmm. Um, 
that is much more involved, but it's really worth doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Who else did you end up getting involved with this campaign at an early level? Like, who's been really in the trenches with you? (laughs) I mean, a lot of just really close friends. Um, I'm not going to say their names because... It's all been very, you know, under underground, you know, support. <laughs> um, okay, okay. Yeah, but, uh, just a lot of support from our fans and listeners and, you know, getting into, I'd say, like, what's really just been encouraging is just continuing to see the discourse around it and see other, like, fat content creators and influencers talking about it. And it's just like, no, this is, we need to do this, you know? And, like, even, like, Clayton season where they talk a lot about their um complicated relationships with fatness and eating disorders and things of that nature was just like another moment of like we were I was already talking to our crew then in the DMs you know thinking about this and we were like we have to do this the show continues to exclude fat bodies but then also have these conversations that are not really done that well uh, we're not like putting any particular hate on anyone per person um but it's more the show you know the show is doing not a great job at <laughs> this conversation. <laughs> yeah, right. And so we're like, we have to start and do something. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, it took a lot of work and we really had to think about it on a such, uh, on, on all the levels. Like you said, you have to, it's one thing to ask the show to include fat bodies, but it's another to ask them to do it in a way that's actually going to be safe and good, yeah. you know? And we had to think about what, what does that mean? We're asking for one. No, we're not asking for one. We need more because when you cast one individual, that becomes tokenization. You are going to ostracize yes. the person and you're going to make them this thing, you know? So there has to be more than one on each season. Um, you know, we have to ask for equitable, non-identity focused scream time. You know, if an individual is on the show who is in a larger body wants to talk about their experience as a fat person in our society, we are, we want that. We love that. But their screen time needs to not be focused on that. And, um, you know, hiring fat producers and crew, getting training for the show. And then also like a thing that is just important and that we've seen over the years, you know, we need the costuming to be inclusive. We need their mm-hmm. accommodations to be inclusive. We need, you know, support from the staff for mental health and just online bullying, et cetera. You know, we remember the years ago when they had on pilot Peter season, they bring out Rachel Lindsay and use this (laughs) wonderful, amazing woman to make the stand against bullying. And then they don't do anything to actually help. Yeah. Right. I think it is so important that you did think ahead and include these very specific asks. And I think it's like we as commenters, it feels like we've learned a lot kind of seeing how the show has reacted and not always in a productive way to complaints about racial diversity. Mm -hmm. And like we've seen how when you throw someone into an environment that is not built for them and does not have the proper resourcing, it can actually cause more harm. And so I love that you guys really thought about like, what are the ways in we can in which we can actually set these fat contestants up for success? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Why did you choose to focus on those asks? Like what like the particular five. Yeah, the particular five that you settled on. Mm-hmm. I mean, in our early chats, we definitely <laughs> thought of, you know, a handful of things that we could ask, but we we definitely were like, we need to make this simple to the point. Something that could be 
digestive. But even the bachelor can understand. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. yeah, I mean, we, I, when I say we had many a Zoom meetings talking about language to use. Uh, I'm sure. I'm not exaggerating. Um, and for many reasons. And, and also it's been such a great learning experience. I mean, I'm coming into the fat liberation space as somebody who is fat and wants to be liberated and want everybody, you know, but I, I'm not an expert by any means. None of us are. So, you know, we're just trying our best. But yeah, we really thought it was important to make it accessible to the audience that we are talking to, you know, mm-hmm. and and I will be honest, we we had probably the most Zoom meetings about do we use the word fat? I mean, mm-hmm. it's a whole conversation. It's a whole discourse. We have a couple um, things on our page right now and people can go and look and start that discourse with themselves that they feel uncomfortable with the fact that we're using that word. We are using it intentionally. It's not something we just threw on to the page. Um, (laughs) Maybe despite some people's beliefs, Um, we're being intentional about it because we need to name the fight that we're talking about. And we have a, you know, frequently asked questions section on our page, but you know, if we just asked for like non size two people to be cast, which is kind of the standard, we might get a little bit like more, you know, representation that some people feel like they can connect with. But we need to fight for like the larger marginalized community in order to make mm-hmm. any difference at all and to actually like work towards a, a better future. Yeah. And I think that this is on maybe the FAQ or one of the slides you guys posted, which I thought was super helpful. Just like naming the fact that fighting for the most marginalized bodies means better representation for Mm -hmm. all bodies. And I, you know, I've seen some confusion or visceral reaction, Mm -hmm. certainly in the comments to the use of the word fat. And like, I think that's something we all probably should sit with Mm -hmm. if we, if we feel that initial discomfort Mm -hmm. and say, why, why is that discomfort there? Mm -hmm. Um, Why do we have, you know, uh, a visceral reaction of negativity Mm -hmm. when, as you guys also say on your slides, like fat itself is a neutral mm-hmm. word. It should be a neutral word. Yeah. It is a descriptor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that, I don't know, I think this campaign is so, so cool. <laughs> and it really does feel kind of like the next um, frontier of, of, of conversation yeah. that we need to be having just about cultural representation in general. Mm-hmm. I mean, when we work on this campaign, we are not by any stretch of the word saying that The Bachelor has succeeded at all of the other <laughs> things no. that no. It is lacking <laughs> in majorly, you know, racial diversity, proper inclusion, um, disability inclusion. I mean, just literally all of it. Um, but yeah, this this part of the conversation is not talked about as much. So, you know, that's just the space we're occupying. But the thing is, as you'll see on our page, it's all connected. <laughs> so... Mm-hmm. We believe that, yeah, like if we can get any kind of win and representation in these marginalized communities, it absolutely will trickle down and trickle up and sideways and everywhere to make a better community. Yeah, it absolutely is all connected. And you can see that, I think, in in the history of the show and how so many different forms of exclusion are linked together to create this sort of ideal bachelor contestant in the mm-hmm. eyes of the show creators. I mean, some of the fascinating things you've surfaced in this campaign come from that history of the show. What did you find when you started looking uh, back for the way that the show had portrayed or talked about um, fatness in the past? Yeah, you know, we definitely, we kind of 
we found out quickly in, you know, articles have been written about it before is that technically there have been two plus size individuals who have been cast in the 20 years, 44 seasons that this show has been on. Um, and we love those individuals and we wish that they could have gotten more screen time. Um, unfortunately, the show gave both of them less than a minute of screen time. I counted. I watched. Um, and it's just uh, it's just absurd, to be honest. Um, and, you know, but even if you dive a little deeper into that. OK, so let's play in that space. Both these individuals are probably under a size 10. They're still very much considered straight sizing, um, but they are. They do, you know, deviate from the standard that the show has casted for 20 years. Um, but when you look deeper, you're also like, not only did the show exclude them while including them, they <laughs> mocked them in a weird way. You know, Bo Stanley was on 2015 Chris Soul season. She was labeled plus size model. That's all she is to us. In the 20 seconds of airtime she had talking to Chris Soles, they decided to show us that she was talking about eating and meat in order to keep her job as a plus-size model. We know that they talked to the leads for 10 minutes or so on night one. That's what they showed us? Yeah. Right. That's a choice. <laughs> the fuck? Yeah. yeah. And Yikes. I completely had, like, forgotten anything about Bo except that she was gone after night one. <laughs> that is egregious. And you know what? You And... and, and you know, like I said, she's a smaller plus size individual. Would still love her. I mean, her page is amazing. Everyone should be following her. You know, but in comparison to the other people in the show, it was very clear she was mm -hmm. the plus size contestant, right? Um, and then you fast forward to just this year on Michelle uh, season, and we were cast Brian. Um, he's an NFL player. He was a larger individual. Um, and they gave him nothing. I mean, they literally showed him going on the limo and talking to Michelle for a second and then sent him home. And then you go a little bit deeper, right? You go into his bio on ABC. They have a whole thing about how Brian's a uh, jock, but he's not like the normal jocks. He likes to eat his way across the country or whatever. Um, we have it on our slides. Sorry. <laughs> you know, there is an actual <laughs> quote. But I was like, excuse you what? <laughs> to borrow a Victoria Fuller comment? <laughs> like, <laughs> is this really the conversation we're having? So, I mean, yeah. and there was so much excitement about Brian. I, yeah. were, he seemed yeah. so great, too. I think, he like, seemed awesome. the day of the premiere, he was like, I want to use my time, like, in the spotlight to, like, support all of these excellent political we causes. Were like, yes, and then we love this gone. guy. And then he was just RIP, like, never to be seen yes. again. Very depressing. Um, And I'd say to, I know I talk a lot about y'all, but I'm so passionate about this. I'd say the other thing we found was interesting was that uh, just in January, there was a woman named Caroline. Um, who what did an interview with the producers, did a Zoom call interview, and then when they asked her to stand up, she stood up, did a twirl. They said, yes. okay, great, thank you so much, we'll talk to you soon. Never contacted her again, and she is a size 10. I do remember yeah, that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I think we did discuss it on the podcast, because mm -hmm. yeah. um, it was yeah. making the TikTok. Mm -hmm. She made a TikTok, yeah, made a TikTok right? Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, yeah. we spoke to her, and we have, you know, uh, content coming out regarding that, so stay tuned. Mm -hmm. But oh, yeah, but it, it was, I was just like, what the fuck? And, you know, yeah. there was discourse about, well, she's not actually fat, and blah, blah, blah. I said, y'all, the point is, they still excluded her. Again, yeah. if you are size 10, you're right. not allowed this on this exclusion. Yeah. <laughs> spans a massive range of bodies yeah. like yeah. they're like the vast vast majority of bodies are very clearly excluded mm -hmm. from the franchise yeah. and like that's just 
that's a huge problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. it's all it's all a result of anti-fatness. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that like that a lot of that has been kept pretty invisible, like the actual process of it, because most of the audience simply accepts that this is the range of sizes that will be shown on The Bachelor. And the way that that happens is not discussed, which is they are asking people to submit their weight. They are having them show up, stand up and be like, here's a full body look at my body so Mm -hmm. that they can be evaluated like it's some sort of sick like sorority Mm -hmm. like hazing ritual or something (laughs) and being excluded on that basis and when you actually like think about how that process works I think it's hard to stomach in a way that like that's typically just kept completely out of our our eyeline out of the out of our consideration right so what has the response been from the audience of the show so far to the campaign honestly so amazing. Um, we're really, Yay. we're really blown away with how many people are so excited about this, who are following, who are sharing with their favorite creators and content creators. And, um, you know, hopefully we get a little bit more alum support soon, uh, would be great. Mm-hmm. Um, what we have gotten so far is amazing. Um, we have Kitty Thurston, of course, who, um, signed in single boosted. Um, we have, Rachel Lindsay signed, um, which was such a dream. That's awesome. Yeah. And Chelsea Vaughn also signed for Matt James season. Oh, nice. Um, oh, that's great. We have a few other alum that have signed kind of privately and maybe haven't really signal boosted yet. And that's fine. We're not demanding any of that. But we do hope that we get a little bit more, you know, general solidarity. But I would say, I mean, y'all saw <laughs> Instagrams. I've been crying a lot because it really means so much that a lot of the commentators – and people who do gossip and just try to get just have fun in this space did take time out on Monday and Tuesday to really, you know, get the word out and show that they believe in it and that they stand with us. And it was really, really amazing. That's, oh, amazing. that's so, that's so good to hear. Mm-hmm. I'm so yeah. glad that the response has been so overwhelmingly positive. Mm-hmm. Have you have you heard anything from the show or from anyone <laughs> who is involved in producing it, used to be involved in producing it. No, not yet. Um, I do know I do know some producers follow us or watch us um, on Date Card Pod, meaning. But uh, so I'm, I'm very certain they are aware. Um, we got interviewed in USA Today, and they said um, that they reached out to um, the show for comment. So, you know, we're hoping, uh, you know, we ha- this is not a sprint. It's a marathon. We have a lot to unpack in this space. Yeah. And we have a lot of work. We have a lot of content. We have hopefully some collaborations with uh, some content creators and doing some Instagram lives and just continuing to get the word out there. So we just really appreciate anyone who wants to help us with that and, you know, sending it to people you think will be supportive of it and who would signal boost it and, you know, uh, sharing with content creators who would love to come in in our space and talk to us about what it's like to live um, in our society as a fat person, um, trying to do influencer as work as a fat person, uh, any kind of media representation at all. So, yeah. Yeah, that's it is a long process and we can see how any push for change (laughs) and how the show, you know, casts and includes people is... uh, takes takes years it takes a long <laughs> to, time and many different tactics but it's it's so important i mean 
You've mentioned some things people can do, like for our listeners who support this campaign. Um, are there any specific things you want to encourage people to do to support? Yeah, I mean, sign our petition for sure. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I know I keep saying this, share, 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 but it really matters. We, that was what really, we, we, I spent months reaching out to all sorts of different alum and things and trying to be really polite and like, hi, could you maybe, what, and what really made us explode was that we just had people sharing to like other fat content creators and then Mm -hmm. they started sharing Mm -hmm. and now we're like getting people following us who we didn't even know and just, it's just really been beautiful. So it has really proven to us that like getting it out there to as many eyes as possible matters because Somebody's going to see it and they're going to share it and then it's just going to explode. Um, you know, uh, engage. I, I know it sounds so uh, simple and maybe easy to forget, but just engage, you know, engage with the content, engage with, with people who want to have this discourse, um, engage with your friends and family. You know, you might mention this and they would say, that's so silly. And then you can be like, well, is it, you know, The Bachelor as frivolous and silly as it might seem? is a cultural cornerstone. It is one of the most accessible reality television shows that's out there. It's been on for 20 years. It's the longest dating reality show you've ever seen. It it has it has its place in our culture and accessible TV like this matters. And so I just encourage people to have those kinds of conversations with their friends and family and I mean you'll see their response and if that response makes you feel uncomfortable, we need to keep fighting. Absolutely. Where can people find the petition if they have not seen it Mm -hmm. to sign it yet? On uh, change.org. I think it's a campaign for body diversity in the Bachelor franchise is the title you could search. But yeah, just follow us on all social medias. On Instagram, we are roses at roses for everybody. And on TikTok, we are the same. On (laughs) Twitter, we didn't get the handle. So we are (laughs) roses number four, everybody. But we have a link tree (laughs) on our Instagram and it'll take you to all the places you need, including the petition. And uh, I would just really highly recommend checking out our Instagram. We have a lot of really wonderful content that our crew made. We were so lucky to get a graphic designer. <laughs> I was going to say, it looks really good. It does. <laughs> thank you. Uh, so uh, just uh, all of that. And uh, just truly thank you so much. And, and, and we're in the DMs. If you want to talk to us and you have any questions at all, reach out. Awesome. Thank you so much for having this conversation yeah, and, and starting this larger conversation, Jenna. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I I hear you guys talk about it often on the podcast and I'm just like, I want to talk to you about it. <laughs> yeah, we're so yeah, excited to talk to you about it. And and like I think that just like you were saying about the the commentator reaction is like the bachelor is this just vector of conversation. Mm-hmm. People are always talking about the show in dedicated spaces and elsewhere and so it's a great opportunity to to really spread the the conversation about body diversity that you're that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. It really is. And like, I think that's definitely something like anyone who listens to us, I feel like that should just, this fight should be just in line with like mm-hmm. your, the ethos of, it's clearly in line with the eth- ethos of our podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, we see this show as a great way to have larger conversations about mm-hmm. the culture and about inequities. And like, this is, is a big one. So we would encourage everyone listening to definitely check out Roses for Everybody on social media, read all of their great resources and 
find find that petition and sign it. We have we have both signed. Thank you. So we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back with some gossip. <laughs> Can you keep up? I like love it. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service that's all about helping you have fun and get creative with your style. There's dressy stuff, trendy going out clothes, casual tops, and premium jeans. I mean, you name it, and Newly has it. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month, access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing. Fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in Newly's state-of-the-art laundering facility are also included. Plus the option to buy what you love. I love Newly so much. I actually have bought several items that I found through Newly and they are staples in my wardrobe. Most recently, I've been looking for the perfect pair of jeans, which is a constant quest because my body is always changing and also jean styles are always changing. I was trying out this month the A. Goldie Pinchwaist jeans, which are sort of legendary for how flattering they are. And it was exciting to get to try them out without sending 200 of my dollars away. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code LTSI20. Just go to NUULY.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code LTSI20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com, Newly with two U's with code LTSI20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. So it's been a few years now, but I still look back on my time planning my wedding so fondly. I mean, I was so excited to get married to my partner and to plan a big party that really reflected who we are and our friend groups and our families. And it was also very complicated and there were lots of moving parts. It wasn't always easy. Well, Claire, maybe you should have used Zola because you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place with Zola. Yes, I've thought this many times in the years since. I mean, with Zola, you have free planning tools like a customizable checklist and website. There's a venue and vendor discovery tool that matches you with your dream team. I mean, everything on Zola is just designed to make your wedding journey as easy as possible. And with invites that are super fun to create and a wedding registry packed with gifts that you actually want, Zola takes you from save the date right to think so much without breaking a sweat. When I was planning my wedding, honestly, it was just so hard to keep track of every component of the planning process. It would have been so much easier in retrospect and let me enjoy the really fun parts of planning a wedding more if I just had everything centralized. And that is exactly what Zola makes so easy. I mean, that is like the number one advice I would give anyone planning a wedding today. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. I am someone who is perpetually facing the issue of my closet is messy and full, and yet I feel like I have nothing to wear. Mm -hmm. But Quince has been an absolute game changer for my style. Same. If I really need a new luxury basic, I know where I'm going to find one that is going to fit the bill, work for a lot of different occasions and styles. And I'm also going to stay on budget, which is a huge plus. 
They have items like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for just $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passing... uh, and passes the savings on to us. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love Quince for their wardrobe basics. Like, I have a really amazing leather blazer from Quince, but I also have gotten really into, like, their luggage and travel accessories. I just purchased an incredible, like, neoprene weekender bag, and it is such high quality. The color is beautiful. And I spent about half as much as I would have spent on a very similar product from a fancier brand name. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash LTSI. If you're a wine lover, here's a little secret. There is a personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks. It's called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to discover new wines you're guaranteed to enjoy. To start, you just answer a few questions on their website about what flavors you like, how often you drink wine, and if you prefer red, white, or rosé. As always, I love a quiz. (laughs) And based on the answers that you give, First Leaf curates a really amazing selection of wines. Just for you. Later, when you rate those wines, your wine selection gets even more tailored. Choose when the wine is delivered and how often to get new assortments of wine. If you want wine pairing advice or to talk about the wines in your box, you can always speak with one of their First Leaf experts. As someone who loves wine but really doesn't know much about why I like certain bottles and what it goes with, this is such an incredible way to get to know your own taste in wine better. I know. I totally agree. I got to try the Chenin Blanc from South Africa that is part of First Leaf's premium wines collection, and it was so good, and it was not something that I would have necessarily picked out myself a quiz, and good wine. I mean, everyone's winning here. (laughs) Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash LTSI to get your first box. That's T-R-Y firstleaf.com slash LTSI. Tryfirstleaf.com slash LTSI. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. As they should. Learning a language is so important. So if that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list. With Babbel, the science-backed learning language app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks, which is kind of wild. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college, aka so, so many days of waking up for an 8.30 class that I maybe didn't need to do at all. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Personally, I've been trying to brush up on some basic French because I am headed to go work from Paris for a few weeks, and it's been really helpful because my French is not good, but now I don't have to sound like such an idiot. (laughs) 
You can never sound like an idiot, but Babbel can definitely help. Here's a special limited time deal for listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash LTSI. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash LTSI. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash LTSI. Rules and restrictions may apply. And we're back, and it is time to get into all the it's juicy time. gossip. Finally, um, <laughs> we sometimes will go like a month between gossip sessions, and we start to really be like jonesing for a good <laughs> gossip chat. We need that so. hit. You know? We need it. <laughs> uh, things are kind of getting quiet in between seasons, but it's really heating. Back all of up a again. sudden, I feel like there was just an explosion of a lot of gossip. Um, it almost makes a lot you of think it kind that of it's a all, bummer. Yeah, it almost makes you think it's intentional by some people, maybe. <laughs> I do think that it is a little bit intentional by some people. It's interesting you say that. Speaking of which, uh, we've got some sort of professional gossip starters in our first couple bits of gossip here. Let's talk about Katie Thurston's mm-hmm. recent Instagram Q&A. She prompted her followers to ask her for tea. Many followers ended up asking for tea on specific men from her season. They were just, like, writing specific names. It was like, <laughs> what tea like, do you right? want? It was just, like, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew T. Um, and it was not the most piping hot. I mean, it's been a while since her season now. It's like, Greg, she's like, I'm close with his ex. Andrew, I had too much respect for his mom to, like, keep him on the show longer when I knew it wasn't him. Michael A, she said that he kissed a good friend of hers while her season was airing, and she thought it was, quote, too soon. (laughs) John Hersey posted a meme of, like, the Grim Reaper (laughs) going door to door and was, like, you know, basically, Katie woke up today and chose violence. And she reposted it and put his name on the last door and wrote, broke up with me. This was my, this, to me, this was worth the whole thing. I was like, this is what I wanted. That was the only one that I was like, yes, yes, what I crave. He asked for that too. I was exactly, I was like, John, John, playing with fucking fire over here. Uh, I love it because like he truly was like, she woke up with it and then she was like, yeah, let's do this. She's like, you have to hand it to her. Invitation. You know, love her or hate her, you know, she seems to be a little bit of a, a, you know, divisive you know uh alum in our our culture but um i i i kind of love her i mean she's hilarious and she does she does provide us the gossip we we crave you know um so yeah i loved that and for me my favorite thing was that she insinuated that they lied about hannah ann being at yeah, what was it? That was from oh, like that years. Was really that was from like two odd. years ago or something. And then a it? bunch of people were like, "Yeah, that's a producer." But then Hannah was like, "Maybe that is me." I was like, "This right. is." She posted silliest. something like a picture of a woman in a mask on a golf cart and was like, "The the tea is that you guys can't tell who's on a golf cart or whatever." That was from like. It was from Claire's year's season. Batch, yeah, years it was ago. Her season, but that makes me <laughs> even believe it more because clearly Katie is like she knows she's out, she's in I a mean, group it was chat. Cle- it was a producer. Yeah, it was a producer. Was a producer. Well, because like, it was supposed to make us think that like Hannah Ann was coming on a season. Yeah, yeah. and then she didn't come on the season. Yeah. So 
I was just like, why is the I- why does anyone care? I care because it, <laughs> it exposes the producers. Machiavelli like bullshit. <laughs> it did seem like they were definitely doing some bait. Like they had put her in an outfit that was like similar to something Hannah Ann had been photographed yes. in, and she was like wearing a mask, and the hair was styled similarly, and it was like, listen, they work. They work hard yeah. to yeah. make people want to watch. I know, honestly, these shows. frankly, like if this is like this type of Machiavellian uh, machination, like this, I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. you got to hand it to you them. Have to like that's yeah. hilarious. I They're really, really hurting no dress, one. Dressing up all of their producers <laughs> to look like former contestants. I want to like see wigs. I'm here for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like they, I'm like, this is the gossip I crave. Like the stupidest bullshit that has harms no one exactly. and this it's is just like hilarious this is how short my memory is though i was like what is going on in this in this story like i don't remember that it was like two years ago like completely gone from my memory <laughs> i mean i think the way that we like keep talking about this show is that we have you know it's like a six month grace period and then it's just like erased mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I have to fill fill my head with new. It's like a security people. camera. They're like, exactly. we had to it delete just, that footage wow. to make room for new footage. Exactly. Am, it's like the memory card is limited, you know? I'm so jealous of y'all. I can't do that. <laughs> and I <laughs> screenshot everything. My screenshot folder is a dark and scary place <laughs> spanning oh, so- four years of... <laughs> No, that's dedication, though. I'm like, if I really, if I were really dedicated to be a student of the show, I would, I would keep track of all this stuff. But it's just, it's like a leaky, a leaky ship. Yeah, it's like it won't, it won't, it it won't won't stay. Oh, God. Wait, but yeah. What do you guys think, though, about Michael? Michael? Kissing a friend of hers while her season was still airing. Who cares? I don't know. Yeah. I, I I was like, I get if Katie was annoyed at her friend and wanted to have like a private conversation with her friend and be like, hey, this but is just then like felt we will a little never know me. about it. And <laughs> true, I do true. I mean, know. this was good tea, mm-hmm. but I did feel a little bit like blast. Like it felt a little bit like blasting Michael A. And I'm kind of like, girl, if you were engaged, he's like kind of allowed to be out there, like making out, like. The only know. thing that complicates that for me is that he was like commenting on her thirst traps. Mm-hmm. So he's allowed to kiss someone else and also flirt he with her. Is but I do feel like I understand where Katie's coming from here in that they are public figures. He had a certain like good guy edit on mm-hmm. her show. Mm-hmm. People wanted them to end up together. That sort of fueled his popularity. And so to publicly be like, I still am into Katie is a way of, like, kind of using her, possibly, to keep some of that shine on him. Yeah. And I'd if he then curious. was kissing her friend, it might have felt insincere. That's- I'd be curious to know the timeline, though, because mm-hmm. we yeah. don't actually know, like, what com- came first, like, when... I don't know. I guess this would have had to come first, because the yeah, season but- was still airing. Right. The season was still airing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I feel like I don't have enough context, but... I, I think, like, the the only thing I that made me feel, like, weird about this, even though I do enjoy the chaos, the chaotic <laughs> energy is, like, an incredible gift. Um, it's really fun. <laughs> and I definitely have no, like, hate for Katie. But I do think that she does have a tendency to, like, continuously draw the men who are on her season, like, into mm. 
gossipy headlines mm-hmm. that then they're sort of asked, like demanded. There is a part of the fan base mm-hmm. that is very like mm-hmm. pays a lot of attention and mm-hmm. then demands more mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. the people that were on the show. Mm-hmm. And it's like at this point, we're, you know, yeah. a year yeah. out from her, more than a year out from her season. And I feel like some of these men might want to just like yeah. be s- a little have a little space, yeah. which is also like fair. I mean, could I offer the counterpoint of sure? Nick Viall's been off the show for about what twenty years, <laughs> and yeah. he continuously uh, brings multiple people into things all the time. And but not just him. Sorry, I want to say like I I agree that that's what Katie is doing, but also a lot of people in the alumni. Yeah, I think that there is like a whole ecosystem, Mm -hmm. but I also do feel like there is a difference. I'm not saying it's necessarily better or worse. There is a difference between like someone being like part of my career now is to be a professional commentator on the show and being like, I just am asking random followers (laughs) to like tell me who to like talk about. I do actually think it's unusual for someone, for a former lead to spend this much time shadily posting about guys they dated on, or anyone or they anyone, dated on yeah. the show yeah, like right. last year yeah. like i if it were a guy i would be like this is oh, absolutely yeah. unacceptable yeah <laughs> and with katie i'm like well maybe it's just a little unacceptable i don't know <laughs> it's just like it's attention seeking i mean but that is ultimately the the name of the game you know yeah certainly and certainly i am just like no... racing to give her the attention i'm like katie's posting tea time to go look at her instagram story <laughs> i mean yeah that those did end up in my personal screenshot folder so like clearly yes. i'm i'm implicated in this in, entire thing. I think it's it's like complicated yeah. because this whole ecosystem exists and there is like such incentive for everyone to be involved in some capacity, but it does like set up oh, it does, a lot of the people who used to be on yeah. the show to like step into mm-hmm. complicated personal petty dramas. Mm-hmm. Just like I, I don't know. Yeah. It's I think it's a hard thing to navigate for those of us who talk about it and also for for everyone certainly involved. Um, But we did see at least Greg and Andrew kind of like vaguely sub Instagram storying or sub tweeting Katie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Honestly, everyone's got to get into it. I want to know know, everyone's reaction. Thomas was like, "Uh, please exclude me from this narrative. (laughs) Oh, right. Because she she actually said she said that she had always said Thomas got the short end of the stick and that he's a good guy. And I'm like, that's not how I remember that. A little bit of revisionist. I was like, that is. Just an actual lie, like fair to revisit your opinion and be like, mm. I've now realized he got the short end of the stick. But I was like, did you always say that? It's not. Yeah, it's not how I remember not it. Not how I remember it, but I guess but, she doesn't want to piss off Thomas and Becca again. They already had. No, that's like, which is also fair because they're like fair. the king and queen of Bachelor Nation <laughs> yeah, now. Literally. You guys tread lightly. Mm. Um, but so we started touching on this before, Jenna, but. This, this is when to the we, larger we, blow up. Yes, which does, of course, involve uh, Nick. So during like a, a TikTok or Instagram live following this tea dumping, I think it, session, yeah, it might have been a TikTok yeah. live. I yeah. only saw the like video of it. After yeah, the fact I wasn't watching live. Yeah, we're we're busy. We can't always be hopping on lives as much as we would love to. Uh, Katie responded to a comment about Nick by saying that she had Nick blocked on her phone. 
This led to a lot of headlines, um, a lot of Bachelor gossip accounts, like posting about it, tagging Nick and his girlfriend, Natalie. And they decided to respond on his podcast on the Vile Files during their episode about the Bachelorette premiere. And Natalie got pretty fired up. She ended up reading Nick's last text exchange with Katie, uh, sort of, I guess, to prove that Nick didn't do anything wrong in the text and also to be like, anyway, Katie lied because in this text to Nick, she said that she always knew she wasn't going to pick Greg, but during her like Instagram Mm -hmm. story session, she was like, I didn't know who I was going to pick by the final three. I was going to get clarity during overnights. Mm -hmm. So this, of course, Mm. obviously just made things way Way worse. (laughs) (laughs) And like probably was a really bad idea. Yeah. Also, like to frame this as a lie just seems counterproductive to me because it seems just like standard fudging. It's like, who's to say when she was being honest with herself Mm -hmm. or with other people about Mm -hmm. when she had clarity? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know which story to believe but we all like reframe things for ourselves a little bit and like it's hard for me to multiple times Mm -hmm. like yeah yeah it's such a like i don't know i guess it's an important detail but like i don't know it's it's how we feel and i can't imagine how the leads really feel in those moments and you know she's gotten like people have just talked to her about the greg thing for this entire time you know like she doesn't get much peace in that regard but back to your, like, your earlier points, definitely when you were talking about this, I was like, yeah, I mean, she did court this specific <laughs> attention. <laughs> so while I am annoyed at Nick and Natalie, and I really don't think that was appropriate, and I think it was really, like, it looks bad on them. Yeah, she, I don't Kitty, disagree. Kitty courted it a little bit. So, I, you know, it's, it's it, like you said, it's all just, like, this cycle of just, like, yeah, and then yeah. it was, like, of course... <laughs> Blake Horseman yes. then jumped in and was it's like, Blake well, when... always in it now. Yeah. Blake is like, oh, <laughs> did someone message something? I must involve myself. Oh, P- text, text messages, messages are being released. That yeah. is the Blake Horseman bat signal. Like, I'm here. Let's I was talk also about like, it. Blake, I had literally forgotten totally that you released forgot. texts between you and Kayla. And now I just remember that you did that. Yeah, which so, is like, not a great. <laughs> I was like, I don't really know that. Like, this has, I don't know. I was just like, wow, this is just getting, like, more exploding, getting pettier. Blake is like, wow, Nick criticized me for releasing texts, and now he's reading a text. He's a hypocrite. And I was like, that's, I didn't remember that that had happened, nor did I remember that Nick had criticized. (laughs) I did do a deep dive back into this. So for those who have forgotten, like we had, Emma, (laughs) here is what actually happened. When Blake went, on Bachelor in Paradise a couple years ago, he showed up and Kaylin Miller-Keys accused him of, like, leading her on. They hung out at Stagecoach and he, she said he, like, sweet-talked her into bed. And then she found out that the night before he'd slept with Christina Schulman, another Bachelor girl, and that he had led her to believe there would be a, a relationship, but he ended up ghosting her. And he, in order to clear his name release texts in which Kaylin appears to be more the aggressor that Kaylin is like, I insist on coming over, even though he's saying, no, no, please don't. She's like, we're just, it's just going to be strictly sex. 
And then later texting him sort of panicked about production, finding out about their hookup. This led many fans, of course, to pile on to Caitlin and... Caitlin. Uh, yes, to Caitlin, <laughs> while other people criticized Blake uh, for doing something so ungentlemanly as, like, releasing her private texts about sex, knowing that she would be, like, slut-shamed mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. treated as, like, a, a sort of scheming seductress. Yeah. At the time, Nick was one of the people who criticized Blake, and here's what I think he said on his podcast. He said, I know by talking to a lot of people over the weekend, Nick always has so many sources that he can't <laughs> name, which is like, <laughs> I'm never sure how to how to assess them. It's like, I know by talking to a lot of people over the weekend like, that Blake admitted <laughs> that he admitted, I know she's going to look bad. I know that he threatened people about releasing these text messages for months in anticipation with this coming up which makes it all that more premeditated. And then he ended up deleting it when it got really nasty. But it's not like he didn't realize the whole idea of, quote, I didn't think this would affect her the way it did. He knew. He admitted to it. There's text up there of him saying this. So that was what Nick said at the time about Blake. Mm-hmm. I will say that if you have said that about someone in the past, you probably shouldn't be releasing text messages another woman sent to you yeah. in order to make yourself look better. And, and I just kind of feel like, again, love Katie or not, Whatever you think about what's going on, she set a boundary. She blocked a man. You know, like, to me, it comes down to a boundary, right? And, like, so now him and Natalie are mad that a woman set a boundary, you know, or Mm -hmm. had a feeling. And so, like, to, like, publicly punish her and drag her and just be like, she's a liar. And, like, not releasing all the real info, it feels really gross to me. And, like, Mm -hmm. what was the... What was the purpose, really? I do think there's something very similar behind it, which is, like, people might think that I'm a creep. Yeah. Like, I do 100%. think that by just saying he's blocked on my phone, that's all I'll say. Yeah, fair. I mean. Yeah. It's something that Good gives point. the end. Yeah. I don't know. We don't know whether that is behind what she's saying or not, but it definitely comes with that yeah. connotation. Mm-hmm. And so then you, you as the man receiving that, are like, well, I don't want people to think mm-hmm. I'm a creep, so I'm going to release private text messages proving that I'm not a creep. But, of course... You can't really prove that by releasing the private text messages and all it does is make you look less like trustworthy and, and makes like you think like in, well into the muck a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just the whole thing. Yeah. Like even I, if as Nick and Natalie might feel that he only ever tried to help her and be mm-hmm, a resource for her, certainly. that's fine. Yeah. But she's still entitled to block him mm-hmm. and like and to not want to talk I, yeah. to him anymore. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I think I think it's a tough it's a tough position. Um either way, because I absolutely think she's allowed to block. Like, anyone's allowed to block anyone, mm-hmm. and you should respect that boundary. Um, I also think that, you know, Us Weekly was writing stories about true. it. So Fair. it's like, yeah. it creates yeah. this pressure so to then respond. Yeah. It's like, oh, now there's a feud between them mm-hmm. because there's a headline. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just like the so whole true. ecosystem, again, like, mm. fuels but this weird respond, thing. But then you respond, you turn right. it into more of a feud. Yeah. Right, right, right. Or, like, the, maybe the, respond the, but not release a text message, you know? Right, like, the wi- yeah. probably the wiser thing to do would to be measured and be like, you know, the last time we talked, it was completely friendly. Mm-hmm. If she wants to block me, that's her prerogative. But, like, yeah. that's all I'm going to say about that. Mm-hmm. I don't really know. Like, as far as I'm concerned, we didn't have any kind of larger yeah that would have been like, really yeah, on, exactly right like just yeah. rise above yeah. and it's like i get sometimes i too have 
the impulse oh. to be like, I want to be petty yes. and I want to drag <laughs> someone and I want to like talk shit. Of like I, I get it. It's a human impulse on both sides, mm-hmm. but like probably both of them just would have been better off like, <laughs> not doing any of it. Full, and yeah. Blake too. Blake, like, yeah. again, just everyone. Blake needs to stop raising his hand and being like, remember the shit I did. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that I don't know, Blake. I literally forgot. Him. And now I remember. And like, that was creepy. I and don't now know. He's, now he's doing great. He's dating Gigi. Like, everyone's happy yeah. for him. Like, don't exactly. push your luck, buddy. Let's just, everyone, look, Katie <laughs> seems like she's doing well. Nick and Natalie seem like they're doing well. Blake and Gigi, just everyone <laughs> go to your corner. Yeah, go to your corner. Like, have a good time. I don't know. It's so just, well said. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I think I just like wrote in our notes. I was just like, weird fucking vibes. This whole <laughs> ecosystem is just weird vibes. I don't know. It's very weird vibes. Also, because it's like, there is such a component of like, everyone's just talking shit all the time. That's how we make money. Yeah. Like, and we're, we haven't been on the show, but I think that when it is someone like Nick who's been on the show or Katie, you have personal relationships with people you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. and so then, like, this, the level of, like, personal betrayal and offense when someone right. else talks shit for money on their podcast or on their Instagram is so heightened and it just creates yeah. that weird vibe. Right. That- Whereas, like, in a non reality television setting like people might just like cross paths and be in the same community and like not vibe with each mm-hmm. other not like particularly like each other and might be like <sighs> expressed privately to a friend like yeah I just don't really like oh that person's annoying or whatever mm-hmm. but then you would move on yeah. but like in this world yeah. it's like five terrible ass weekly articles get written that <laughs> no, I, that's so just, true I don't know I really I do I do not envy a single person who's been on this show sometimes yeah same. the the greater mm-hmm. like P, uh, like PR of it all, you know, how I'll have to be friendly with other people in the franchise or I won't get opportunities or, mm-hmm. or this kind of stuff can happen to me. Right. And I mean, gosh, it's so, I really don't, yeah, don't envy any of them. That's why I'm <laughs> grateful every day that they would never cast me on the show and I wish to never be on the show. I'm too old yeah. now. Okay. So that's, yeah, like we're in our yeah. mid 30s. Yeah, the danger like, is um, over. Excuse me. It's you are shriveled up. <laughs> Fruit, you are no longer <laughs> a prime marrying age. Um, Keeps us safe. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's so, let's move on. Yeah. Yes. A, a little small bit that's not even really gossip, but it just delighted me is that I think Susie and Clayton have just been an incredible example of how to like rise above mm-hmm. the shit talking of the franchise. And they have just been having like a grand old time and an excellent sense of humor about all of mm-hmm. the like. Clayton shit talking on the premiere of The Bachelorette. Um, if anyone hasn't seen, they did a really delightful TikTok set to the Clayton Sucks song where they're like in robes with the towels on their head, like Sunglasses. dancing along, like mouthing along to Clayton Sucks. And so funny. it's just, oh, it's so just having a little fun. I'm with glad, that. I'm glad for Clayton that he has Susie because I do think that they can like just draw, like have that mm-hmm. boundary and mm-hmm. not. It seems like he's able to kind of protect his mental health mm-hmm. and like, yeah, have a good just like have a good time with it and recognize that everything for what it is and like, yeah, so true. I don't know. He seems like his relationship. He honestly seems really funny, and I, yeah. I think we always say that about leads at the end of the whole thing. We're like, oh man, you're like why? we didn't see their personality. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he seems, you know, would I hang out with him all the time? Probably not. But I think he is probably <laughs> a really funny, and he obviously is a nice man. You know, um, yeah, you know, it is like. 
who he is. And I, I do, I am happy for them. And I do think they probably are a very good match for each other. Sometimes it fucking they works out like, that way, you know? Exactly. Yeah, they seem like they're yeah. well matched. And I think that that's one of my big hopes for the two Bachelorette season, actually, is mm. that, like, we see people's personalities better sometimes when they're around their friend oh, yeah. and not yes. always, like, dealing with, like, the demands of the show. So and so I think we're already seeing more out of Rachel and Gab- Gabby than we like ever yeah, saw. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I re- think I remember us talking about even during Clayton season, like the one episode where he was like with a friend mm-hmm. and you just felt his energy or like yeah. when he was on yeah. some of the hometown dates, we were like, Oh, when he doesn't have to like be all clenched yeah. up leading yeah. alone, um, you can see his personality. So and so, true. yeah, I do. I really want that from, from Rachel. And yeah. Gabby. Mm-hmm. I also like they went on Caitlin Bristow's podcast again mm-hmm. this week to talk about this and to talk about what it was like to see him getting bashed so much in that premiere. And by the way, I think that it was like a little weird how like everyone in Bachelor Nation was like Clayton's a monster and he deserves nothing but suffering forever. And then like by the premiere of the season, everyone was like, people are being really mean to Clayton. And I was like, why are okay, you calling well- me out right now? I feel really attacked. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> it just goes to show how quickly we've all learned. 100%. Um, no, absolutely. Every season after like some kind of shit happens, I'm always like a couple weeks later, I'm like, God, that was a little harsh, maybe. <laughs> maybe just a we're all <laughs> We're all just like wrapped up in it. And then you're like, oh, yeah, they seem fine. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, but I think them. one of the great things about how Clayton and Susie have handled this that has allowed them to have that comeback where people aren't as mad at him anymore. And I don't think that's reflected in the production of the premiere because it happened a while ago and yeah. they were like, everyone hates Clayton. This oh, is going to be so, so funny. Um, but Susie and Clayton were so good about being like, yeah, Clayton fucked up. Mm-hmm. Like Clayton's sure. not, not perfect. Mm-hmm. Clayton's doesn't need to be like defended for mm-hmm. what he did, mm-hmm. but it also doesn't fully define him as a person. Oh, he yeah. can like right. own that so and well. take accountability yeah. and also and just a lot be like to him. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And that's something that's hard to do in bachelor nation. Um, because it's so easy to just be like, I'm under attack and I'm lashing out mm-hmm. and I'm being defensive mm-hmm. and I'm sharing texts and who knows. Um, but he Again, has managed Susie to do has that. Been yeah. So good for him. I feel like she's like, <laughs> I know. Him back from I the want brink. Susie to be my <laughs> girlfriend. Can she be my like life coach? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Hi, Susie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. We're just, we have openings. Um, so okay. let's talk about now a sad piece of gossip. We last gossiped right after Nate and Michelle announced their breakup. And since then, there has been some more fallout, um, which is rough. So it was, I think, uh, on June 17th that they posted on Instagram that their engagement was over. Obviously, Michelle was the bachelorette last season. Nate was her season winner. They were engaged. And they posted on June 17th simultaneously their separate statements about how their relationship had ended. Both seemed to confirm that the split was painful but amicable and that they just realized that this wasn't the relationship that they were going to end up in. A week later, after we gossiped, Nate posted on his Instagram stories, hitting back at rumors that the relationship ended because he cheated or was somehow to blame he said quote no i didn't cheat not every breakup needs to have someone to blame yes the pressures were insane for both of us Mm -hmm. we tried it didn't work we're sad about it we Mm -hmm. all grieve differently which like fair yeah i thought that was very fair i was like well said yeah yeah Yeah. and he's like you know you all want to paint me as like a 
red flag slash mm-hmm. F boy. Maybe it's the piercings and tattoos, but I'm actually a decent guy. Mm-hmm. I only want to continue getting better. So um, this sort of like fueled, I think, another round of like commentary about like the way that Nate had been framed as like sort of a suspicious figure throughout mm-hmm. their relationship and the assumption that he must have like done something, done something. wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there had been, like, cheating rumors since the season was airing, honestly, Mm -hmm. um, which kind of fueled that. On July 5th, Michelle went on Ben and Ashley Eyes Almost Famous pod and said that she did not see the breakup coming. So that does obviously suggest that perhaps it was at least initiated by Mm -hmm. Nate. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, which again is not a crime. Like people are allowed to end relationships, um, mm-hmm. but it just seems like it was perhaps more Nate's choice than Michelle's. Yeah, and then it which, got darker. <laughs> yeah, so I wasn't paying close attention to this, but apparently it's been brewing for a little while. There is some speculation going around that Nate is somehow linked to Deandra, who was on Pilot Pete season. And was on the last season of Bachelor in Paradise. We've always been fans of Deandra. Oh, yeah. She's amazing. Yeah, she's awesome. And fans of Nate mm-hmm. and fans of Michelle. So I was like, no, I don't block my eyes, block my <laughs> I ears. I, like, I, don't I just want this. all three of them to be happy and like live their lives. Uh-huh. Yeah. So yeah. in the last few days, basically, um, things took a bit of a turn. On July 9th, Nate had a birthday party. Deandra appeared to be, like, the only Bachelor Nation woman there. She posted a photo with Rodney at the birthday party. The next day, it seems like, Michelle unfollowed Nate, potentially blocked him. Mm-hmm. They appear to, like, not be tagged in each other's photos anymore. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, Suggests blocking. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing is that <sighs> Michelle has, had, like, not only unfollowed, but reached out to at least one Bachelor gossip account to say, like, I'm unfollowing because I need to take a large step back from Bachelor gossip accounts in order to, quote, protect and find her peace. Mm-hmm. So smart and great. Yeah. yeah. I honestly, honestly can't believe she was still following them. Like, I, I would. Know. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. I don't check my own DMs, and I have under 10,000 Instagram <laughs> followers. So, like, the fortitude that she has had yeah. to be on these, yeah. be following these accounts. Um. And the other, I guess, piece of evidence is that Deandra has posted pics wearing what some fans believe to be Nate's necklaces, which they look like pretty basic, like, pearl strings, which are trendy right now. So, like, to me, I'm like, I don't know how strong of proof this is. But but also, even if they are, even if they are his necklaces or he's wearing her necklaces, I, I'm not, it's, like, unclear what that would even Prove to be honest, other that they were like sharing jewelry. Sharing, I mean, I of know, course, I'm a Taylor like Swift out. fan though, so I'm like, what's the fucking clue? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> here, here's the thing: the whole thing is just like there was also a piece of this where I guess Rodney had posted some photos with Deandra. This Bachelor account had posted some photos about this, and Michelle like unfollowed, I believe, both Rodney and this account um, gossip mm-hmm. account. Uh, right. Which is uh, again understandable to like not want to. She see did refollow content. Rodney, I think, but she, mm-hmm. but she has continued to not follow the Bachelor gossip. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it seems like Michelle at least has a, 
a, a sense that things are not going to be fun to read. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that mm-hmm. is the thing that most makes me Just makes concerned. me sad. Mm-hmm. Like it just, it's, it sounds unbelievably difficult to go through a public breakup, mm. especially one where people expect so much of you mm-hmm. and feel like emotionally invested in the success of your relationship and have some sort of expectation or tie mm-hmm. to that success. Like, and and also they've both, I think, faced the assumption that like, oh, well, if you broke up, then what we saw is that a lie. <sighs> Was your connection a lie? What are, you know, okay, well, what are you doing with the money gifted to you? Like all of these unnecessary, uh, you know, questions that are are gross and like sort of don't acknowledge the fact that like the majority of people who enter into relationships will break up at some point. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that the relationship wasn't real. Mm -hmm. And there's an extra complicating factor where like these people are also are all extremely socially tied to each yeah. other. And so yeah. it is not, it wouldn't be a crazy thing, but it would be a very difficult thing for Michelle, at least, if, you know, Nate was to become involved in some capacity with another woman mm-hmm. who's in that social circle. Mm-hmm. And like, it's, I don't know. I just don't, I don't, and I feel, I really feel for her. Yeah. And also like, and Nate, just every, to be honest, I everyone, mean, just all, yeah. everyone. Yeah, right. no matter if if this is somehow come out that maybe there was some kind of connection between them that is not great. I still, you know, I still have empathy for everyone involved. I have empathy Same. for Deandra too because I'm just like, oh my god, this me is, too. I mean, yeah. the whole thing is just not fun and not great to look at it. And yeah, you just don't. We just don't know. With so many the of thing. these relationships in this franchise, we absolutely don't know. We know what they quote unquote show us. You know, is that the reality? That's fine. I don't. They don't need to give us everything, right? It's so sad to see that. I, it, it's just such a mess because I, I do care and I'm invested and I want these things to work out. And I'm sad. And have I been quoted to say love is dead? Yes, of course. But um, I'm also many like, times, many times. Yeah. Like, oh, I was super. To be clear, I was so yeah. sad when they broke up. Like um, Carly and Evan but, broke up. I was like, okay, well, oh, I just have to yeah. go throw myself. I off know. A cliff. No, no, no. Every time, every time, I'm like, oh. But uh, I yeah. really believed in this one. Exactly. I really <laughs> fucking believed in this one. And um, but they don't owe us anything. And I do think that it's just it has to be sad. And we don't we don't know the truth. And um, we aren't necessarily owed it either. I mean, yeah, people yeah. will say that's I not agree. true. They're they put whatever. I, come on, people. Come on. Uh, also, yeah, like they're I, all off the show now. These relationships exactly. aren't televised. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I understand yeah. people saying, OK, we want to know if you know, a relationship that started on the show is over. Mm -hmm. Okay. Maybe that's like, Mm -hmm. maybe you're entitled to maybe to that information. And we know that. So, right. And we know that, but like anything else. And I do think that like, there is, there has to be, like you're saying, like a way for people to eventually draw a boundary. It can't be like, Mm -hmm. oh, you went on The Bachelor. Now your dating life Mm -hmm. is public domain forever. Forever. And every piece of it is like, we don't, we aren't owed. Yeah. So true. everything by people yeah. like we, yeah. we like no yeah. and I think also you get as an influencer you kind of get to make a continuous choice of like mm-hmm. am I going to go the route of really f- front and center like front loading my romantic life on my account mm-hmm. 
in order to get the sweet engagement and follows mm-hmm. that because people are interested in that? Or am I going to not and forego that engagement because I prefer the privacy? I think that people are entitled to make that decision. Mm-hmm. And it's... Uh, at the same time, it's just not in people's human nature to not continue to be curious. Right. <laughs> like, it's hard to, yeah. to Especially ignore. Especially when the reason you know someone and the reason someone is a public figure is specifically tied to their romantic yeah. life. Like, yeah. I think that puts these people in such a weird position because they their romantic lives have already kind of been commoditized mm-hmm. just by virtue of the fact that they went on this show. And so it's like at a certain point... They need to be allowed to take a step back, draw those boundaries. And like we we are allowed to be curious and also should respect those boundaries. Yeah. Well and so to get back into some real <laughs> speculation here. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, no, I mean, the, the thing about the Nate and DeAndre thing, I think that's especially tricky is that she is in the same mm-hmm. circle. So it does feel like a continuation of the show yeah. in a way yeah. that maybe yeah. it wouldn't necessarily yeah. if she were like a model. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously with Gigi Hadid, it still became sort of part of the conversation, <laughs> but there is something about it that feels like this all is basically, it might as well be happening on the beach because we just associate the circle together. And the speed of it, I just do feel for Michelle specifically in terms yeah. of like, it doesn't, it's, it can, I would probably feel really hurt and humiliated in a certain sense to have my Same. ex very quickly be seen publicly with another woman from the franchise. It, I actually think, sorry. No, if on. it's true, can Alexa play Olivia Rodrigo, traitor? <laughs> like, seriously. <laughs> you maybe didn't cheat, but you're still... <laughs> <laughs> the, the world needs to recognize the truth of Olivia Rodrigo's traitor. I mean, I say that every, every day. <laughs> every day. So. Um, yeah, I think that, like, part of the heat of the speculation is because they, Nate and Deandra, followed each other mm-hmm. on Instagram while he was still with Michelle. And it's like, whoa, Ugh, there I, you go. I just, but I, like, I, I hate I mean, personally, <laughs> I do fuck everyone that I follow on Instagram. Wow. wow. I mean, <laughs> please stop talking about our personal life on the podcast, Emma. It's embarrassing. No, I mean, I think it's such a weird thing, but like in our, in our current like pop culture, culture, online culture, there are things that sometimes do just track. You know, like, I am not saying this is true, but you just, I've been doing this stuff for four years. Like, when people do certain right, things online, it can often be the, it's what it is. Because we, we're we human. We, like, that's a, that's just, like, patterns that we've, you know, done. And, like, you yeah. share a screenshot of something, you want people to see it. Like, it's, you know, like, there's things that, you know, happen and uh yeah so i don't know again not saying it's true but uh. (laughs) yeah we don't know but also there's like enough there that it's hard not to be like "Mm." yeah and that's the that's just like the the sweet spot Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. getting people's attention (laughs) unfortunately so yeah i know yeah the curiosity of like wait i don't know the information but i have to Exactly. exactly. So now we're all way down a rabbit hole on this one. Oh my god! Yeah, um, this is this is our lives, yeah, guys. Yeah. It's I. I know. I used I to know. read. I used to read Victorian novels, and now this is my life. This is what I, I spend mean, my time th- on. In in a sense, this is a Victorian like romance novel, Truly, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, uh, that brings us to the end of our gossip. Uh, Jenna, are there any other gossip items that we missed that you would like to discuss? Oh my gosh. No, that's pretty much it. I think okay. the other ones well, were always just kind of silly over the, the off season, but, um, I'm sure there will be more yeah. more tea emerging mm-hmm. in the coming weeks. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's never a shortage. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But Jenna, thank you so much for joining us. This was really fun. Thank you. I mean, truly an honor and so fun. And hopefully I didn't, you know, uh, <laughs> piss anyone off. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you, you have to excellent. start. You have to piss people off. You have to start beef. That's the only way to stay relevant. I mean, like, yes, I industry. want an Us Weekly article. <laughs> just, I'll, just I'll find an enemy. No, and I, I'll find and I will yeah. tell you, because there has been times over the years, because I've gotten messy on our account that, you know, I our, our account has been like listed in some of these little Us Weekly things or whatever as like commentator, <laughs> and I, it's addicting. So I understand why Blake is doing. You're what like, he's wow, doing. I got a taste, yeah. and now I I feel. I for so you're like, everyone. hopefully I didn't piss people off, but also hopefully I did. When, Check the pages of Us Weekly. I saw Dave Neal. We love him. He's on you know YouTube. He does the Bachelor Nation. He took a screenshot of my story and put it in his story about a thing and i was like yeah i, I have to keep Guys, doing this that this is just the <laughs> ecosystem that we crave in the bachelor commentary community yeah, so, so I, i'm just taking applications for nemeses mm-hmm. um i'll report back next next week and on that note that is it for love to see it with emma and claire thanks so much to our guest jenna vesper you should all check out her podcast date card Love to See It is produced by us, Claire Fallon and Emma Gray and Stitcher. This episode was edited by Tamika Weatherspoon. Our theme music is by Tamar Haviv and our art is by Celine Chang. Josephine Martirana is our executive producer. If you like our show, please follow the show wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating, leave a review, and of course, spread the word and tell all your friends about our show. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at claireandemmapod at gmail.com with your questions and voice memos. You can also find us on Twitter and TikTok at love to see it pod and on Instagram at claireandemmapod. And you can find our newsletter, Rich Text, on Substack at claireandemma.substack.com. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Claire E. Fallon. And I'm at Emma Lady Rose. We will be back next week with more on Gabby and Rachel's season. Stitcher. The legends are true. We're overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.